Another day, another dollar, good people. Welcome to Floor 19 of Corporate Courtney, and I am your host, Courtney Johnson. And once again, I have to start another episode with just the complete disappointment in America at the moment. So as I record this, it has come out that Louisville has not pressed any charges against the murderers who took the life of Breonna Taylor. And even more disappointing, I guess, would be the fact that the officer that they did indict was only indicted for shots misfired that entered into other apartments. That being said, it looks like had he actually hit the target and put those bullets into Breonna Taylor, he wouldn't be facing any sort of trouble. Not that these charges will even stick, but it is just so frustrating that we consistently live in a nation that tells us over and over again our lives don't matter. A black woman can be in her home, and she can be shot and killed And we as a people are supposed to just suck it up and move along. And I didn't expect anything. I didn't expect there to be justice because I don't expect much of the American government at this point. As in terms of black people and in terms of women. But the insult to injury with the fact that property has more rights than black people. It is difficult to, it's difficult to comprehend and it's difficult for me to articulate. At this point, I think I've become a bit desensitized to all of it and no one wants to be the one to say it, but at this point, they can kill any of us and it doesn't matter and we can't do anything about it I mean sure we can protest we can sign all of these petitions and we can do everything they tell us is the appropriate way to deal with these things yet we're not going to see justice and we're not going to see change and we're not going to see anything turned around so I might as well get on with my day and watch a little girlfriends and just turn my brain off and not be human and I know that's not the correct response But it's heartbreaking and it is tiring and exhausting and it feels like there is no light at the end of the tunnel. So, as I have done on many podcast episodes lately, please protect your mental. If you need to take a day to not have to face conversations with your coworkers or having to defend your race and the actions that are going to come out of what's going to happen because the protests will turn into riots and the riots will turn into property damage and looting 
and fires and black people will be judged on a larger scale and instead of the actual problem which is the fact that our government is not in place to protect us and we shouldn't expect anything from it but now that we have to have some sort of stance on everything else that's coming out of it or play the exception game and we shouldn't have to you shouldn't have to so if you need to take a mental day please take it do not go into work and entertain these white people or if you feel like working helps you keep busy and you don't need to focus on it do that but whatever it is please take care of yourself because at the end of the day we have to live and we will survive it and we will keep protesting and we will keep speaking out about these injustices until there is change I know that it doesn't feel like it right now but I know a change is gonna come And I'm just sorry that we have to continue to keep going through this. 2020 has been a long year for the rights of black people. Shit, being an American at black has been long. But you are not alone. We are with you. I am with you. And if you do feel the need to talk about it with someone... My DMs and my emails are always open. Um, you can reach me at the corporate Courtney podcast at gmail.com or underscore corporate court. I also encourage everyone to go get a therapist. There should be someone who we're talking about this because this isn't normal. Us having to go through this and seeing black people die with no justice is not normal. You should not have to live your life with that on your heart. So please, if you're not talking to me or a friend or family, please find a professional who you can speak to about these things. Please don't carry this burden on your own. However, this week, I have another very disappointing topic to talk about. Just gets grimmer and grimmer over here being black in America. But I think that's the point of the podcast is for there to be an outlet of some sort for us to discuss these topics and to hear these things. So if you need to take a break from struggle bus of black in America, I won't be offended. But I wanted to touch base on the Wells Fargo situation that's happening right now. And for some of you who don't know, the Wells Fargo CEO, Charles Scharf, made a statement and many of his employees were uncomfortable to speak up about it, but they shared it in an interview with NBC that although there's some shucking and jiving by the company to appear to want to be better about the diversity in their hires, it's just not quite reaching the mat. And as he was being held accountable for that number not being increased, he made this statement. While it may sound like an excuse, the unfortunate reality is that there is a very limited pool of black talent to recruit from. Outside of ending a sentence with a preposition, this statement is unfortunately a reality of corporate leadership across the nation. Now, in my current position, this is not really my experience. I feel like I've had leadership I truly think believes in me, and I've seen fight for me to excel within the company since I've been there. I think I've touched on it before, but there was a time where there were some hurdles for me to be able to get the promotion that I just recently received. And 
a lot of pushback was coming in from people in positions to give that to me, mostly HR. And my senior manager and my director continuously fought to push me through to the point where they were setting up the interviews with people above these HR positions that were trying to put up the brick wall. And they reached out to even my senior director to make sure that I was not only going to be interviewed, but that I was going to be given a fair shot. So I can't say that I'm experiencing this currently in my position. However, I am woefully aware that I am the exception and not the rule. I've seen leadership, even within the same department, work the complete opposite. So I know this isn't true for everyone. But I say all this to just to make sure that even if you're not experiencing it directly, you don't have to be willfully ignorant about what is happening and where those roadblocks are actually preventing people of color to be successful in corporate America. What Charles Scharf said has been the reality in a lot of C-suites for the longest time in America. The idea that there isn't talented black people to work in the banking community or the idea that the talent that is in the banking community isn't good enough to get these promotions is obscene. I think in that same NBC article, Ken Bacon, former mortgage industry executive, and he now sits on the board for Comcast, Ally, and Welter Tower, he mentions that there is an amazing amount of black talent out there. And if people say they can't find the talent, they either aren't looking hard enough or they don't want to find it. The author of this story was even able to find a woman named Lauren Holland who mentions that she's got a network of over 8,000 minorities in Wall Street alone that are actively working to get positions and jobs. So the numbers are there. There are people, there are black people who want these jobs and they're hungry for it and they're working to get it. So the numbers game isn't quite true. Since the statement had been made public, many people have talked about their experience in the interview process with Wells Fargo. And there was literally a woman who said she applied for three different positions and her name is Hannah. So on the fourth attempt to try an interview with Wells Fargo, she decided not to check the box that asked what your race is and she didn't select black and she got an interview within 48 hours. Now that all comes down to the screening that happens in HR, which means you have a systemic problem within your company that is intentionally exploiting people of color to getting these positions. I mean, Wells Fargo paid $175 million to settle claims of discrimination in their home buyers association for people of black descent and Hispanic descent and a $7.8 million settlement just alone in the hiring bias claims of discrimination with 34,000 black applicants not getting it and 308 female applicants. So it reeks from the top down that there is no intention of treating black people as talented people or people who are deserving of decent human respect at this point. It's not about the talent pool and it is not about whether these people have talent. The exact opposite can be found from the CEO of Citigroup saying that in many ways, bringing people in is the easiest part. Retention is the struggle. He just said that in June. 
So the idea that your competitor is able to find this black talent isn't a problem. That means you aren't looking for it. And we've been told time and time again this same old story that black people aren't qualified or the black candidates don't have what they need. But I think the ingraining of these comments and these these ideas have even started to insert into ourselves. I was talking to a friend on Twitter about the same thing, and he's a young black man who works in a corporate setting with a large number of white people around and being a majority. And he mentioned that he felt that some of this was unfortunately true. And as I pressed on the matter, his idea is that even though it may just seem like a convenient excuse, he felt the truth of the matter is that there's not enough of us and that those rooms are being occupied by the good old boys club. That there's people qualified, but they aren't qualified in the terms that white people are looking for. The opportunity to obtain the qualifications we need just aren't there. And I think that's a really good point to bring up. A lot of the time we've been told we don't have these certain certifications, these these hoops we need to jump through to be able to say we are of merit outside of just what we're able to drum up or how we perform in our positions or what experience we have. We don't always have the accolades to support some of this stuff. And a lot of the times we do. I don't think having a Harvard degree on your resume always helps in these situations. I mean, we're hearing stories from people coming out saying that they've interviewed with Harvard degrees on their resumes and they couldn't get past HR. So So the qualifications argument sometimes really is just really well put bullshit. I mean, if you really look at it, Charles Scharf, the CEO of Wells Fargo, got his start being in the room where it happens because of family connections. So because he had a family member who knew Jamie DeMond, who is currently the CEO of J.P. Morgan Chase, he was able to start out at Commercial Credit Corp as the youngest professional employee ever and sitting in every meeting as DeMond's assistant and getting to see how those decisions were made. He didn't have any qualifications. He didn't have these certifications. He knew somebody. And for the most part, what we found is that after getting that assistant position, he was able to expand upon his experience and put that to good use. That should be how it should work for everyone. I get that qualifications and certifications are important to prove just kind of like how SATs and SATs are to try and judge your aptitude. I get it. They're in place, but they shouldn't be hard qualifications to have to meet to prove that you are successful or deserving of a position because you are talented and black people, you are talented. We are smart. We are innovative and it doesn't take some of these excuses to really drill into us that we are inferior when we aren't. The issue is it's a closed network. And this isn't just a Wells Fargo issue. In 2009, the Walmart CEO made this huge push to hire women. And unfortunately, black men and black women suffered in the process. Target has about 54 or so executives. About three of them are black. Costco, as of 2018, had none on their executive leadership board. The idea that blacks are inferior is dangerous. Black people are more than capable in these jobs. We have the ability, but 
I think there's a fear that white people don't want to add us to their competition because we're totally able to rise to the occasion. So they've gotten comfortable with what their bias provides them. They can deny systemic racism and blame it on a lack of black talent. And then they don't have to try and go against it. They don't have to fix it. If it doesn't exist, if the problem isn't really there or the problem is us, then that's just less people they have to compete with for these positions, right? And I'm probably being a bit dramatic. Sometimes it's not intentional. It's not a fear of the competition. They really just have these affinity bias. I played lacrosse in college. This candidate's playing lacrosse. And a lot of black people aren't exposed to lacrosse. Or you went to my university, I went to your university, and now we've got people who are going to HBCUs who are being left out of the conversation. So if you rep the Knoxville College Bulldogs, you're typically not going to have some sort of C-suite member to be able to relate to you on some level. Or if you really rock with the gold rush of Xavier out of Louisiana, you're not going to be able to dap it up or talk about that basketball game to where you're in the room and in those positions. The fact of the matter is the unconscious bias and sometimes the conscious bias that's happening at these leadership levels is truly detrimental to the success and the exploration of black associates. And I do want to make sure that I am fair and balanced and say that the CEO of Wells Fargo did come out with an apology and he said, I'm sorry my comment has been misinterpreted. The financial industry and our company do not reflect the diversity of our population. We at Wells Fargo are committed to driving change and improving diversity and inclusion. And that's all good and dandy. And if that makes your shareholders take a deep breath, I'm sure that's fine. But to me, I don't see anything genuine in that. I don't see any next steps to making sure that these injustices are changed. I don't see you announcing that you're hiring or you hired this black man for this director level or this black woman for this VP level. I haven't seen anything of the sort. In fact, empty promises of 500 or so open positions, that's not going to cut it. I want to see tangible changes. I want to see you with a plan. I've been sitting in meetings on diversity and inclusion and the things that we can change within a department level at my company and the more frustrating part for me is that they wanted to place all of the work on us to come up with examples and ways we can change they made all these committee members and they put all these people in position to say hey we heard you we're gonna try and make a change and we're gonna reflect it all the people they appointed to drive these conversations white and the lone, lone Indian man. And the ones working on talent and acquisition, two blonde ladies who put it out there. They don't have a plan. They don't know what to do. So what you got for us? How is it that we continually have to tell people that you oppressing me should not be my burden to explain to you it's not hard to find the talent. I live in Atlanta. Do you know how many HBCUs are in a rock throwing distance? It's absurd that you would need to ask me, how do we get black talent? And the idea that it's not just about who you can recruit. It's once they're in these corporations, what are you doing to foster the talent that you have brought in? 
Are you giving them the training and the certificates and the qualifications that they need to excel? Are you setting them up with mentors who understand their struggle and are trying to help them succeed as well? Or are you creating a glass ceiling that I know that I can't bust through? Or once I get on this rung on the ladder, I know I have to jump ship and go to another company to continue to succeed. Black people have ambition as well. We don't want to get stuck on middle management levels. And we don't deserve to. Our skin color has nothing to do with our ability to succeed or to drive success within your company. In fact, most of the time, we're already driving it from such low level positions. You just take it for granted. And with everything going on in America today, I really did feel disillusioned, right? I had no desire to sit through these meetings or even say anything to progress them forward because it falls on deaf ears. But I know that if I don't say something and I don't try to drive us in the right direction, I'm only hurting myself in the end. It's not like there are going to be a lot of people of other races picking up the baton and running it for me without some sort of black guidance. And as unfortunate as it is, we've had to do it for so long. We're always having to teach people how to treat us like humans and Though exhausting, I can't rest in it. It's not my story. That's not who I am. It's not who I want to be. I want to make change because even if it doesn't help me, I hope it helps the little black girl who just started interning, seeing she can have a future in this company, that her hard work in school and the experience that she's doing now is going to lead her somewhere where she can take care of her family earn a pay that allows her to have a livable wage. Shoot, I'm shooting for more than a livable wage. I want black people to be obscene with money. I want us to have it trickling down. I want our kids to be called rich. We deserve that. We deserve to experience some of the joys of what hard work and determination can produce outside of just giving hard work and dedication and seeing nothing in return. So I hope Wells Fargo does do something with this change. And I hope the backlash that they're getting now hurts their pockets more than anything. I hope you take your black dollars out of their discriminatory ass bank accounts. And they are forced to reevaluate how they do business and how they hire. And maybe get that man about the seat because he clearly doesn't belong there. And I hope the companies you work for aren't wasting your lunch periods just to talk about change and what they can do, but actually cultivate environments where black associates can flourish. And that's all I've got for you guys this week. Um, Thank you for tuning in. Um, 19 floors already. We getting up there. I hope y'all aren't afraid of heights. Um, As always, if you have feelings or you have perspective that you want to discuss um, for the podcast, please shoot them over to me at the corporate Courtney podcast at gmail.com. Or again, you can hit me on Instagram or Twitter at underscore corporate court. And as always, I will talk to you guys next week. Toodles. Yeah, yeah, my God.